This is Radio Influence. Oh, it is our time of the year. It is the month of March. It is championship week, and here we are on a postseason edition of Three Dog Thursday, the first of four phenomenal weekends in college basketball. We are ready for the mayhem. We are ready for the upsets. We are ready to see who can survive and advance and make their way eventually to Glendale, Arizona, and the 2017 Men's Final Four as Villanova's the defending champ, but truly anything can happen along the way here. I am your somewhat lucid host, T.J. Reeves. He is senior handicapper and writer from Vegas Insider, Kevin Rogers, raring to go for another March edition of Three Dog Thursday. Are you ready for this? I mean, we're in the midst right now of some 100-plus games being played over the next 96 hours or so. It's crazy. How you doing? Good, good. I mean, you know, you, you can look at this in a lot of different ways where you could say, you know, are these exhibition games, what what really are we dealing with here? It is a lot of fun, it's a lot of basketball, but then again, you know, why should you win some of these games if you're a bubble team and get in the tournament? You should have taken care of your business earlier, but uh, besides that, it's still a lot of fun, it's a lot of basketball that uh, you throw into this week before we get to the NCAA tournament next week, and uh, yeah, it's a good time, but, uh, you know, that, that, that begs the question is, should you get a few extra days to make up for, you know, an okay season by winning three or four times in the next few days just to get an NCAA berth? It's what this time of the year is all about, and you know this because you and I have been in communication, and some of the audience may be aware I worked the Horizon League Championship on TuneIn Radio, National Digital Radio, Tuesday night and watched the Northern Kentucky Norse, a team that has only been eligible this year to go to the NCAA tournament, just certified Division One tournament eligible this year. They outlast a Milwaukee Panthers team, University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee, UW-Milwaukee, that had only won, Kevin, eight regular season games, did not win a game in February, 0-9, yet turned it on in March and pulled a couple of upsets, including beating Valparaiso in the quarterfinals. And the end result is Milwaukee was in position to get an automatic bid with 23 losses. I know that's a ridiculous amount of losses, but at least those guys were still fighting for their season, still battling on. that, And that was a close championship game. They were within two in the final minute and a half of the game, that is what March is all about. That's what makes it different than the NBA or college football or Major League Baseball. You could have a, a bad year, a struggling year, and yet find some magic in March and find your way in. Well, of course, you know a Norse is a Norse, of course, of course, right? <laughs> and they were Tuesday night. You're right, yeah. But, uh, no, you look at Milwaukee, and, yes, it's a great story. I think it's it's absurd for a team that had eight regular season wins to be in the NCAA tournament if they would have beaten uh, Northern Kentucky on Tuesday night to win the Horizon if they would have done that. It, you know, it's kind of like it's a great story, but you shouldn't be in the tournament. And it's not about, oh, well, other teams deserve to get in. You don't deserve to get in when you have 23 losses, that you just don't because <laughs> because of this – idea that we have to make these conference tournaments mean something and you know this argument you know was put out there that you say like Oakland and Valparaiso who are the top two seeds in the tournament and granted Oakland's not far from Detroit where you broadcast from a Joe Lewis arena but you know you get these mid-major not not ACC or Big 12 or SEC even though the Big 12 is basically in Kansas backyard but besides the point that these mid-majors and lower 
shouldn't they have, if you're the one seed, you basically have them at home to guarantee, not guarantee, but put you on the right track? You look at Monmouth. Right. Monmouth is playing basically on the road in the Metro Atlantic. They blew a big lead, yes, against Siena, but they should have been in the tournament. They should be the, the team to get the automatic bid out of that conference, and they're not. And you say, well, we did all this in the regular season. We have nothing to show for it, that at least in those conferences, since you're so far ahead of everybody else, you should be able to have games at home or at least a championship at home where you can put yourself in a position to make the tournament. If you lose, you lose. But don't have these teams basically go on the road because it's not fair to them. A lot of the smaller conferences will do that. The Horizon League actually used to do that. They used to play at home sites, including for the championship game, where the regular season and the higher seeds would mean something. But a lot of them also for money. You know what it's all about, Kevin, especially VegasInsider.com. It's about the dollar. They want the neutral site. Television wants the neutral site because it's easier to cover the tournament. And they want the drama of the automatic bid. So... Again, there are going to be probably five games this weekend where you're going to go, who, how, on a neutral floor did that happen? And maybe that win doesn't happen in a true road game in that instance in some of these conferences. So uh, I'm anxious just to see how all of it uh, plays out. I, I'm, I'm part of another mid-major conference broadcast with the Sun Belt on TuneIn in New Orleans this weekend. That's a true neutral site because there's not a New Orleans-based team in that conference. So everybody, Texas Arlington the favorite, Georgia State out of Atlanta the two-seed, everybody journeys to New Orleans and somebody gets the automatic bid on Sunday along with the big boys, Big East, Pac-12, Big 12, Big Ten, ACC, SEC, it makes it great. Hey, speaking of great, we continue to roll, you and I, picking the Saturday weekend games against the spread. And we're going to get into what we're doing with conference tournaments this week. But, Kevin, we got to look back to last weekend where I had Seton Hall with an outright upset over Butler and Vandy completing the sweep, beating the Florida Gators at home. Both underdogs won straight up for me. That brings our combined record to 14-2, and picking underdogs on Saturday and Sunday, the last six weekends. I'd say we're on a pretty good roll uh, heading into the postseason here, championship week in the NCAA tournament with 14 out of 16. That's good. Yeah, that, that's a nice way to close out the regular season. And obviously with this week's show, it's going to be a bit different just because of the setup with the conference tournaments. But, yeah, we've uh, I, I, we've done pretty well. And uh, to give you credit, you hit on both of the underdogs on Saturday, and I lost mine with Georgia at Arkansas. But, uh, hey, wins are wins, and uh, we keep doing it, and hopefully we can do it again this week. And we're a team here. This is not a solo competition. You and I are like a tag team. We're like the Hart Foundation. Who were some of the other uh, classic? Nikolai Volkov, the Iron Sheik, old school wrestling, whatever it was. We're a tag team on this, and we're, again, a combined 14-2 and the last uh, six weekends, picking underdogs to cover the spread, and some of them have won straight up, one one outright. As Kevin alluded to, something different. It is Three Dog Thursday. Uh, it's great to have you with us, and because it is Conference Tournament Championship Week, it is impossible with us taping this show in advance of Thursday's games to know all of the games for this weekend. We could sit here and pick six games each on Thursday, but that really takes away everything for the weekend. Uh, for those purposes. So what you and I have creatively done the last couple of years on this show, and we're going to do it again here, is instead we're going to make predictions involving the conference tournament and underdog teams. And here's the criteria again, Kevin, that we used last year, and we'll use it again this year. Do not pick the one or the two seed. Because we would both agree the one and the two seed are the favorite teams to win the tournament. So outside of those two teams... 
The charge for you, the charge for me, is come up with an underdog that can not only make the title game, but potentially win that title game. Underdog classified as a three-seed or below. Fair enough. You ready to do that again on this Championship Week edition of Three Dog Thursday? Let's do it. All right, so I should mention a year ago at this time, you hit on the Seton Hall Pirates, speaking of Seton Hall, to uh, to be in the title game, if not win it, in advance of the Big East tournament, and they did. They won the championship game. So we have some experience in figuring this out and picking some of those underdogs. So let's see if we can do that. Where do you want to begin with a non-one or two seed making it to the title game in their conference tournament? You uh, You have a list in front of you. What do you like first? We'll start in the Big Ten with the Maryland Terrapins, who, to me, who I went to an ACC school. They're still an ACC team to me, but uh, whatever. They're in the Big Ten now. And for whatever reason, the Big Ten has decided to move their tournament outside of Chicago, Indianapolis, outside these cities they've had it in for years. And they're playing in Washington, D.C., which is in Maryland's backyard, basically, at the Verizon Center where the Washington Wizards play. Maryland's a three seed, and they have a double buy until Friday. Now, Maryland, this is who they would get. They would get the winner of whoever comes out of Northwestern, Ohio State, and Rutgers. We could pretty much throw Rutgers out because they've been terrible, but uh, you never know with them. But pretty much it could be you know Northwestern, who is a team that mm. is set to make the NCAA tournament this year for the first time ever. If Maryland were to get out of that, they get – Wisconsin, who's the two seed, assuming Wisconsin gets out of their game. The point is, is that there's really no dominant team in the Big Ten this year. Purdue's the one seed. Minnesota, who was awful last year with Richard Pitino, they vaulted to the four seed. I just think that it's so wide open in Maryland with the with it being in their backyard, and really they played well away from College Park during Big Ten season. I don't see why Maryland couldn't win this whole tournament. Okay, and I'm going to go to the Big Ten tournament a little bit later on on Three Dog Thursday for a team other than Maryland. I I really believe, just as a general comment, that one is wide open. And you bring up a great point, though. Maryland will probably have some of not free in the in the non financial sense, but the ones that aren't going to the different schools uh, in the in the fourteen team Big Ten, there will probably be an extra couple of thousand tickets that Maryland fans can get their hands on. Maryland students can get their hands on, maybe from brokers, whatnot. They might have four, five, six, seven thousand fans in that Verizon Center screaming for Maryland, and maybe more depending on who can get their hands on tickets. Might be a little home away from home. Uh, for them from the College Park area, that's a big Maryland market, so might be an advantage uh, for the Terps. Okay, so I'm going to go first with the ACC, and I am going to take the Virginia Cavaliers as uh, as my dark horse team, my non-one or two seed in the ACC tournament that also, as you just ridiculed the Big Ten, the ACC, of course, known for tradition-rich New York basketball. They're playing at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, New York, in the Big Apple. So uh, I will elect to take Virginia coming off of their win against Pittsburgh on Wednesday night. I like their draw. I like their matchup with Notre Dame for them to get in the mix. Uh, Tony Bennett's team uh, won this ACC championship a couple of years ago. Still has London Parentis, an outstanding guard, one of the top uh, guards in the ACC at 13 points and four assists per game. And I like Virginia's chances against Notre Dame because they, they beat Notre Dame head-to-head earlier in the season. Uh, a big win for Virginia late in the year over North Carolina, suffocating them. They get the two wins over Pittsburgh 
And so I'm going to go with the Virginia Cavaliers to be in the title game after beating Notre Dame going all the way through to Friday and Saturday in the uh, in the championship game. I, I like the Virginia Cavaliers here in the ACC. And you look at them, Virginia's playing very well down the stretch. They had that four-game losing streak, and now that's gone, and they've won three straight. So I think that Virginia now, you know, they say, I guess if you're going to have that losing streak, have it then. Now, I mean, they had the nice win at home against North Carolina. They had some other wins against Pitt, who's not very good, and NC State, who totally uh, mailed it in under Mark Gottfried. But, uh, I mean, Virginia's definitely a team. that I mean, that ACC is so wide open. You know, I mean, you can make an argument for any of those teams to win it. And again, North Carolina, Notre Dame, Louisville, Duke, all in this mix as we get ready on Three Dog Thursday to watch the ACC tournament play out at the Barclays Center. All right, so there we go. There are our first set of picks upcoming for this weekend on the conference tournaments. Again, not specific games because we want to see if these teams can make it all weekend long. Kevin, stand by. We've got more on the way. We're going to hear from our sponsor, Game Point Capital, coming up. We're going to come back, and we each have two more selections of teams as underdogs, not one or two seeds in the conference tournaments. How will they do this weekend? Which way are we going to be leaning? It's Three Dog Thursday, a championship week edition. We are giving you some underdogs. Stand by. More on the way on Three Dog Thursday. Hey, golfers, planning on coming to the west coast of Florida in March and April? Well, have we got a fantastic offer for you. For almost 20 years, Paradise Golf has offered their seasonal membership card, saving its owners 60, 70, even 80% on rounds of golf at some of the premier courses you can play in the six-county greater Tampa Bay area. And this year's card is no exception. Play courses like TPC Tampa Bay, Historic Dunedin Country Club in Pinellas, Lake Jovita, the fantastic Esplanade in Bradenton, Ocala National, and almost 50 others around the areas. Get the complete list at paradise-golf.com slash hoops. And Paradise Golf is giving you an exclusive offer to get their winter membership card to use now through the end of April for just $29.95. That's a 75% savings off the usual value of the card to use it from March through April. Whether you're coming to the west central coast of Florida for spring break, baseball spring training, or just on vacation between now and the end of April, take advantage of the great savings with an outrageously discounted winter Paradise Paradise Golf Membership Card. Find out all the benefits at paradise-golf/hoops. That's paradise-golf/hoops. Sign up and save with Paradise Golf. With 2.9 to go, they're hugging on the bench. The ball is inbounded to Milwaukee in midcourt to Haas. Two seconds, one second. Jumper no good for the first time ever. The Northern Kentucky Norse head to the big dance. They're the 2017 Horizon League Men's Basketball Tournament champs. Yeah, that is the way that it ended back on Tuesday evening in the Horizon League. You might recognize that voice. I had the call there with Mark Wise on tune-in of Northern Kentucky's victory. They punched their ticket for the first time ever to the NCAA tournament in the Horizon League championship over uh, Milwaukee. The University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee was vying with a losing record to get in the NCAA tournament. You know, it's not that uncommon. We've seen teams do that. Holy Cross a year ago had 19 losses, found their way in. Uh, back about three seasons ago, Cal Poly won the Big West tournament, winning three games and three nights with a losing record. So we have seen this before. Will it happen this weekend in one of these bigger Power Six conference tournaments? We're going to find out. We come back in on Three Dog Thursday again. The criteria for Kevin and me, we're not just picking Thursday afternoon underdog games against the spread. We're instead creatively 
looking, Kevin Rogers, at teams for the weekend that are not the one or the two seed in their conference tournament. So theoretically, they would be an underdog to be in the title game or win the whole thing. So we left off with each one of us taking an underdog in these conference tournaments. That means we each have to take two more. So I will let you start off here. Which way do you want to go with a non-first or second seed in a conference tournament on championship week? Uh, Reload there, my friend. Well, go to the Big 12 and the Baylor Bears. That Baylor start off the season 15-0. and they, I don't want to say they stumbled a bit, but they suffered six losses in conference play, and now they're trying to come back, and we've seen Baylor make runs before in the NCAA tournament, which means nothing for this discussion because we need them to just win the Big 12 tournament. But for Baylor, that uh, they faced Kansas State in their first game, and then after that, who they've lost to already this year, but also they won in Manhattan, so they split the two with Kansas State. Then they would potentially face West Virginia, in the next round, and West Virginia destroyed them in Morgantown, but then Baylor beat them at home. But uh, I know that Baylor definitely does not forget about that first loss. That was when Baylor was ranked number one in the country for like two minutes, and then they were gone. <laughs> but uh, but Baylor is still a very good team. Scott Drew is an excellent coach. And with Kansas, with some of their issues with Joshua Jackson getting suspended for a game for Kansas – where not, I hate going to the you don't know what motivation teams have, you know, the Kansases, the Kentuckys, those kind of teams that pretty much have a one-seed sewed up that what do you have to accomplish by winning your conference tournament. But I think that for Baylor, just to win three games, I think that they, uh, they have a very good opportunity as long as they can get through, uh, you know, obviously Kansas State their first game, but they could beat West Virginia, who you would assume would they would play in their second game in the semifinals that they would have a good chance to beat Kansas potentially in the championship. And Baylor is good enough where, you know, this is a team that could be a three seed in the NCAA tournament that could lose to a 14 seed, but they can also win the whole thing. So I think that Baylor uh, is a quality team and they could end up winning that Big 12 tournament. And again, the Big 12 has theoretically got five, maybe six teams already safely in, depending. You never know for sure what that committee is thinking. Baylor, one of those that's safely in, along with West Virginia, along with Kansas, uh, you got to believe they're going to take at least a couple of more out of the mix. Oklahoma State is in that mix. Kansas State is in that mix uh, going into this weekend in that tournament. So we'll see how that part plays out. I'm going to go to the Big Ten and a Thursday game. And again, this is a lunchtime Thursday game. So if you're listening to this show, you may already know that this team has lost or not. But I like the Michigan Wolverines for Three Dog Thursday Championship Week purposes to not only win this matchup with Illinois that is upcoming, but I like them in the next part of the draw against Purdue head-to-head. Michigan split with Illinois during the regular season here. This is the 8-9 game. Purdue will get the winner of that game coming on Friday, and I like that matchup with Michigan and Purdue in a potential uh, Big Ten semifinal uh, game, so... Uh, I, you know, look, the Wolverines have been a, a team down the stretch of the season that's had a couple of big wins. Of course, they suffered the last second loss on the full court pass to Northwestern for the layup at the buzzer. They did blow out Nebraska at Nebraska to end the regular season, but, uh, Beeline's team also has a victory over Wisconsin late in the year, a win over Indiana, a win over Michigan State. Give me Michigan to not only win on Thursday afternoon, but to upset Purdue 
in the next round, the top seed of this Big Ten tournament. We already made mention of it being at the Verizon Center, Washington, D.C., so you and I are going to go with a couple of upstarts in that Big Ten tournament. You like Maryland from earlier in the show. I like the Michigan Wolverines, and of course, Beeline had Michigan in the in the uh, Final Four back a few years ago. I, I like that postseason experience. Previously had West Virginia in the Elite Eight. Give me Michigan. Give me Michigan here in the Big Ten tournament real quick, Kevin. I mean, Michigan is a team that they've had their ups and downs this season, but uh, again, we, we mentioned earlier with, with Maryland that the Big Ten is wide open. You, you have no dominant teams, and you can almost get to a point where you could see a team that even has a double buy that maybe doesn't win it. And I understand that Maryland's got a double buy, and that's who I, I selected. But you could see a team, would you be shocked if Northwestern? No. Would you be shocked if even Michigan State ran no. the table? I mean, I mean, really, with a lot, even even Indiana, like like for as much as of a, of a disaster as they've been this year, would you, for the exception of Rutgers, for the exception of, you know, Nebraska, some of the teams that were really bad. Is there anybody that really you would be surprised that would win that tournament? Well, and, and this is the important part that we were talking about earlier. All you have to do is put it together for a couple of games. I saw that with Milwaukee. We've seen that with other teams winning four games in four days. Remember that UConn team famously five games in five days to win the Big East tournament and then went on to win the national championship. Uh, after that so can they put it together sure they could put it together and that Michigan team uh, may be able to gather themselves there in the Big Ten tournament uh, as well we each have one more and again it's Three Dog Thursday TJ Reeves Kevin Rogers with you as part of this on Three Dog Thursday it's presented by Game Point Capital GamePointCapital.com check them out Uh, we continue with the criteria, not a first or a second seed in a conference tournament. If we're taking an underdog for the weekend, it's got to be at least a three seed, if not greater. You you owe me one more. You've got two so far with Maryland and Baylor. Give me one more on Three Dog Thursday out of a conference that's not a one or a two seed, Kevin. We will take a look at the South Carolina Gamecocks from the SEC, Frank Martin's team. I feel like Frank Martin's calmed down a lot in the last few years. He's not as fiery as he used to be. It's probably, it's probably those uh, maroon jackets that he's wearing on the sidelines that are very calming. But anyway, South Carolina, a team that's going to go to the NCAA tournament, I believe, this year, where last year it seemed like they were in. They got off to that fast start and then faded down the stretch, and they were relegated to the NIT and had an early exit. For South Carolina this year, 12-6 and six in the conference, 22-9 and nine overall. They're a four seed. It is going to be a little difficult. And, I mean, we wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't difficult. But South Carolina, their draw, they would have to beat Alabama most likely. Assuming right. Alabama is loose to Mississippi State or LSU. But Alabama they would face. And then after that, they would get Kentucky. Oh, and yeah, them. Yeah, right. Go ahead. So they would get Kentucky, and then if they were to get past Kentucky, then they would have to play the Florida Gators, potentially. So we know it's not going to be easy. And, and uh, South Carolina already beat Florida one time in, in overtime this year at home. That was a game Florida was like over 17 from three-point range. I, I just look at it that South Carolina has the players to, to hang with Kentucky, and yeah, nobody said it was going to ever be easy. And Kentucky's, or rather, South Carolina's going to win three games. So... 
take a shot with the Gamecocks. All right, so Gamecocks in that instance. I know one of the other points you were making, and I didn't follow up uh, correctly in that moment with you, is sometimes it's at your disadvantage if you have the double buy, like what a Kentucky has or a, or a North Carolina has in their tournaments, because you're playing a team possibly, especially if they pulled an upset, that's played twice already, uh, knows the arena, has some momentum, has some life, has some confidence. We'll see if that bites South Carolina or not sitting back on the double buy. It might bite Florida, too, because they're going to get the winner of Texas A&M or Vanderbilt on Friday. And both of those teams, A&M and Vanderbilt, desperately need another win or two to get in and are going to be hungry playing Florida. So we'll, play, we'll see how the SEC tournament plays out in Nashville as you take South Carolina. So that's going to leave one more upstart team. And I'm going to go with probably... Uh, this may be our biggest underdog out of all of them, and you know you know where I'm going, right? You know what my favorite conference seemingly to lock in on is in football and basketball, right? Kevin Rogers, Three Dog Thursday. That's it, the, it, it is the American, the American, American Athletic Conference. Conference. And you better not say the Tulane Green Wave. It is not going to be the six-win Tulane Green Wave who will be out of stores, Connecticut, by the time you spell Green Wave. Uh, it is instead going to be the UCF Golden Knights, I like UCF in this instance against my alma mater, Memphis. They beat Memphis earlier in the year. They split with Memphis, played them well in Memphis, and lost narrowly, then beat Memphis at home. Third matchup, this is uh, the three seed against the six seed in this instance. I like UCF in that game. Memphis just not deep enough, faltering down the stretch of the season. Uh, SMU annihilated them on the final regular season Saturday. UCF with the big guy in the middle, Taco Fall, seven foot six inches, a wingspan of seven ten, alters the shots, blocks the shots. They've got an excellent three point shooting team, including Matt Williams, not the former Major League Baseball player, but Matt Williams, outstanding three point shooter for UCF. I like them in this game. The semifinal game for Saturday would be against SMU, Kevin Rogers. Most likely, SMU and UCF played a very close game in Orlando that SMU only won by five points. I think the Golden Knights can be in that title game, if not win the American Conference Tournament Championship uh, in this. I don't know that they can win the whole thing with Cincinnati uh, on the other half of the draw. Houston would be on the other half of the draw. But I think Johnny Dawkins in his first year, I mean, they got 20 wins going into the tournament. I think they have a realistic shot of playing in Sunday's championship game in Hartford, it would be a neutral floor situation for them against SMU, theoretically, in the semifinal Saturday. Give me UCF Knights. Real quick, a thought on that? Uh, you, you, the American Conference may very well be wide open as well this weekend. Well, a lot of people question that Johnny Dawkins hiring after he didn't really do much at Stanford. He's done a, an excellent job at UCF in his first year, and you look at UCF's defensive numbers, and they're holding opponents to under 40% shooting from the floor that, that they just – have been very good defensively, and, and we'll see. It's like all these other teams. Can you put it together for three or four days? And that's really the big question. You have SMU and Cincinnati, the two big teams to knock off in that conference, but uh, you know we've seen upsets in that conference before. Okay, so for the record, you and I stayed away from the Big East and the Pac-12 tournaments. Those should still be outstanding, though. Villanova, the defending national champs. Remember, they didn't even win the Big East tournament last year. That was Seton Hall, and Kevin Rogers called that on Three Dog Thursday on Championship Week. Pac-12 tournament. Kevin, give me a 15-second answer. Oregon, UCLA, Arizona. That one's in Vegas. That is going to be wild. It will be, and uh, when you look at UCLA as the third seed, that really says a lot, uh, you know, the depth of that conference, but... You, know, you kind of feel like this could be an Oregon, Arizona, the top two 
facing off in the in the championship. I really don't see any of those lower seeds really making a big impact in that tournament, but that should definitely be a very good championship game. All right, again, you took Maryland in the Big Ten, Baylor in the Big 12, South Carolina in the SEC for your three underdogs. I took Virginia in the ACC, and then I took Michigan in the Big Ten tournament and UCF in the American Conference. Again, for all six of these teams, they're not the one or the two seed. They may very well win the tournament, so we'll keep track of that and obviously be paying attention to it. And speaking of paying attention, if there's ever a crazier week to pay attention to almost 100 games between Wednesday and Sunday, it's VegasInsider.com for college hoops and much more. Kevin, real quick, tell them more about it. Yeah, it's the place to be, VegasInsider.com for the NCAA tournament coming up on Sunday. We will have the brackets unveiled. We'll have all of the information you need straight up against the spread, totals, all, mm. all the information for all these teams. And you can check out VegasInsider.com for our championship central on the homepage. You can't miss it. That will come out on Sunday night, and we're very excited to have that and get this tournament going. All right, there you go. Again, uh, follow Kevin Rogers at VI Rogers. Follow the Vegas Insider stats and info at TwitVI for Vegas Insider. Follow this show at Three Dog Thursday. Kevin, good luck with your underdog teams on Championship Weekend. This time next week, we will have 32 first-round matchups in the NCAA tournament to go over and pick three underdogs each out of the NCAA tournament. Selection Sunday coming Sunday night. Conference tournaments in the meantime building up to Sunday night. Kevin, enjoy the hoops. Thank you. All right. Thank you, TJ. There is Kevin Rogers. I'm TJ Reeves. Find this show on Twitter again at 3 Dog Thursday. Find it online at 3DogThursday.com and also on RadioInfluence.com or whether you're hearing us on iTunes or Stitcher via the podcast. Rate the show. Promote the show. Tell others about this show. It's the only digital radio show devoted to underdogs. Happy Championship Week and Selection Sunday. We'll talk to you when the tournament field is set next week on Three Dog Thursday. Bye. This is the Crush Report with Jeff Groeschel. There's nothing more important in professional sport than maximizing player potential. And in a recent meeting of the minds, the Kansas City Royals traveled to Edmonton to share insights on player development with the Oilers. Here's Royals Vice President and Assistant GM of Player Personnel, J.J. Piccolo. Edmonton Oilers were uh, very gracious in allowing us to sit in some meetings, speak with their coaching staff. Of all the sports that, that exist, there's more parallels between hockey and baseball when you're talking about development and the way our draft process works than any other two sports. To hear their take on how they need to get to the potential future Edmonton Oilers that they have under control, whether it be in juniors uh, or in college, and how they try to develop players through other coaches. And that was a very interesting concept. I think one of the things I really took away uh, from listening to their scouts and some of their front office personnel, the character and toughness is really at the top of the chart for them, which is what we talk about an awful lot. And then sometimes we get a little bit too caught up in the tools that the player may possess, which are very important. But to hear them talk about character and toughness and then to share that with our scouts and our scouting director and some of our coaches, uh, I thought it was very valuable. 
Crush Performance, your weekly source for sport performance and athletic development information. If you're a serious athlete, a weekend warrior, parent, or coach, join us each week as we investigate the latest trends and research coming out of the sport performance world. We'll visit with top athletes, coaches, and sports scientists to keep you on the cutting edge and to find out what it truly takes to achieve human maximum performance. You can visit us online at crushperformance.com and Crush Performance Radio with me, Jeff Kershell, can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, and at Radio Influence.